It's time to talk about Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. And now, here's Ira. My guest is Richard N. Rick Villada. He's assistant business editor of the Las Vegas Review Journal, and he's covered business, the gaming industry, tourism, transportation, and aviation in Las Vegas for more than 25 years. For everything about Rick and his coverage, go to reviewjournal.com, and you can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Villada. That's V-E-L-O-T-T-A. And Rick, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Ira. Absolutely. A lot to talk about. I wanted to start it off just a little bit about with your background, because you were a former reporter and editor with the Las Vegas Sun. You worked for the Ogden, Utah Standard Examiner. You worked for the Arizona Daily Sun and Flagstaff and the Aurora, Colorado Sun as well. And you're a graduate of Northern Arizona University. And you won, we should point out, the school's top journalism honor. That's true. It's been a a great time. I, I love the business. What drew you to Las Vegas? Well, you know, at the time I was in Ogden, the, uh, the, the paper there was struggling financially, and my wife and I were looking at a, an opportunity that was going to be more long-term for our, our kids, and a job appeared at the Las Vegas Sun that I applied for, and I was uh, surprised at how quickly that moved, because I think I applied on the, in, in fact, one year ago, or not, uh, to, the, to this day, it was like 20, 30 years ago today. I applied for the job, and I was in Las Vegas before Thanksgiving. That's amazing. Were you surprised? Because Las Vegas, there's a certain perception about Las Vegas, and you you coming from a Western area, but still it's Las Vegas. Were you surprised at the quick reaction to your your opportunity there? Well, I was, and the the big sales job for me was convincing my wife that living in the desert was going to be okay, (laughs) living in the mountains for uh, and mountainous terrain for, for most of our lives. So, you know, one of the things that I pointed out to her was that we would be able to, uh, to ditch our snow shovel when, once we moved to, to Las Vegas. <laughs> she said, well, you know, give me, give me five years and, and I'll let you know. Uh, it only took a year for her to figure out that Las Vegas was where we wanted to be. But just for the record, you still need that snow shovel about every seven years in Las Vegas. Uh, it all melts off within, uh, within a couple hours. So I don't, I don't worry about that too much. And the mountains are still available at Mount Charleston, so there right, you go. Right, right. Yeah. And, we, and we, when we want to see snow, we'll go up there. We've, we've done that before. Certainly, uh, you know, snow is not something that I, that I really enjoy that much. I used to ski. I don't anymore. But I've just uh, seen too many car accidents that involve snow and people not knowing how to drive in it to make me want to, uh, to go out and, for example, drive through Denver or drive through Flagstaff uh, in the middle of the winter. Yeah, fair enough. What was the biggest surprise for you when you moved to Las Vegas? I think the, the biggest surprise to me was just how, how many big news stories there were. I, I kind of figured that there was, this was a great news town just because of the fact that there's so much going on in the industry, uh, the dominant industry of uh, casino gambling and uh, tourism and, re- and resorts was dominant. But I didn't realize just how like every single day, there was always something happening. And, and that has kind of continued throughout my career here. It seems like 
every time you turn around, there's something new that's going on that needs to be reported and talked about. I want to back that up because I was looking, if you go to the Review Journal site and you look for Rick Vellotta, you'll see, and I'm just going to read you a few headlines and a few dates, and this backs up exactly what you're saying. Headline, Penn National considers sale of Tropicana after unsolicited offers, October 31st. MGM looking to sell another Las Vegas Strip hotel property, October 30th. Nevada Gaming Win eclipses $1 billion in historic September, October 30th. MGM Resorts Yahoo Sports signs sports betting partnership deal, October 29th, etc., etc. So you're, you're absolutely right. There's something always going on here. How do you, as a reporter and now as assistant business editor, stay on top of it? Because it's not just sometimes one thing a day. It's sometimes two to three to four things a day, either in gaming, transportation, tourism, aviation. How do you stay on top of it? Well, it helps to have a lot of contacts. And over, you know, being in the market for 30 years now, or, or almost 30 years, it's, it's one of those things where the more that you are here and the more that you stay visible within the community and cover things on a, on a routine basis, the more contacts you get. And the more contacts you have, the more people are willing to give you a call whenever something uh, happens. And then, of course, through the miracle of the Internet, we get uh, emails on a regular basis announcing certain things. And, and, and certainly we go through all those emails every day to, uh, to, to make sure that we're covered on everything. And then, you know, just doing my job right, I'm always going to be looking at what the competition is doing. And I'll uh, review some of the stories that might be out there, not just in this market, but in gaming markets that have cropped up ac- across the country. Uh, and certainly there's a lot of proliferation of gaming in the, uh, uh, all over the United States especially with this uh, this new breakthrough on on sports wagering it's just uh, it's just crazy right now and there are just deals popping up left and right so keeping up with that stuff is is uh, a job that um, fortunately I have a a great colleague who who helps on that a lot uh, Bailey Schultz she's fantastic at this type of stuff too and we we together do a lot of work to try to stay on top of everything that's happening how do you keep grounded Obviously, from your background, you're grounded, but now you come to Las Vegas, and as I mentioned, you've been here for more than 25 years. There's the glamour, the glitz. It's very easy to be seduced by that and by outsized personalities. How do you stay grounded and cover these stories strictly from a, I'm going to use a beat reporter's mentality, meaning you're not, you're not doing something favorable to somebody or unfavorable. You're just, you're basically giving people the facts. Well, you know, you, you, you try to stay even-handed. You try to be fair. And that's one of the things that's uh, kind of one of the, the things that, that I try to do on a regular basis is to always hear out everybody on, on all sides of an issue and not present something that uh, is biased to, to one sway or another. And I think this is just kind of general practice uh, at the RJ right now is that we're trying to be fair all the time. And, it, you know, I think a lot of people don't look at us that way. But at the same time, that's just kind of a, a personal goal of mine is to, is, to, is to do that on a regular basis. And as far as other things that are going on in the community and trying to stay up with that, I also find personal time, too, and I, I, I care for my family a lot, so I have a lot of family activities. We, we get out of Dodge every once in a while just to enjoy ourselves and enjoy this great state. So it, it, it's something that I don't just, I, I'm not just 
all in on, on gambling all the time. I, I cover it. I know what it is. I know how it works. I know a lot of people in it, but it doesn't consume my life. And final question along these lines, when you mentioned about developing contacts over all the years and following things, I think it's also, if it's a perception that you are going to be fair with someone, you're going to more likely get a call from a contact about a potential story than if it was perceived that you were favorable one way or the other. That, that's probably true. And certainly I hear from the critics as well. So it's, it's uh, you know, it's double-edged and, and certainly we, we try to, to maintain that balance all the time. When you moved to Las Vegas, what was the most surprising thing you discovered about the town? Well, like I said, the, the, the fact that there was just so much news going on, um, and I didn't realize at the time just how, how much things had changed in the era before I came here. I mean, it was back in the you know, 50s, 60s, 70s that the mob kind of reigned in, uh, in, in how the casinos were operated. And in, it was like in the 70s when a corporation started to come in and take over certain things, covering corporations and covering uh, how how they operate, the boards of directors that they have, the policies that they engage, some of the things that they do within the corporation itself. And then these CEOs that, uh, that run the companies, I, I found that um, a, a lot of these guys are like among the smartest people that I've ever met, seeing just knowing exactly how, how the business works, uh, how to draw people into town, and then seeing the, the massive change that occurs over time in how uh, Las Vegas reinvents itself. I think that's exciting to see, and that certainly is a part of what our, our you know, the stories that we tell is how, how the, the, the community is reached, is transitioning every time there's something that they have to react to. So, so watching that up close has been fascinating, and I've, I've really enjoyed doing it. If I had to pin you down, Rick, what would be some of the top, I won't even say top five stories, but some of the top stories of 2019 from your perspective about Las Vegas. Well, certainly the, uh, all the activity that's occurred at uh, Wynn Resorts has been uh, a very consuming topic. Uh, certainly that was tragic, the way that all came together. And for the record, Steve Wynn is probably one of the smartest people I've ever talked to and, and gotten to know. Extremely, extremely affable guy. But at the same time, all these stories that come out and all these accusations that occur, and, and I have to stress that they are accusations, they're not anything that's been proven, that it just appears that there's been some, some, uh, some bad things happening at the company. And the, the company's paid for that. They've paid fines. They've, been, they've run, been run through the ringer in terms of the public perception of the company. But watching all that play out, from last year through this year, uh, this year it's kind of come to a head in, in a lot of different aspects. That's a huge story, I think. The, uh, the, the growth of sports wagering and the, the fact that uh, professional sports has landed in uh, southern Nevada is a huge story. Um, obviously, the Vegas Golden Knights was, was a big thing in 2018. They're coming again in 2019 with some important backing. You can't even get close to the stadium on game nights because it's always packed. That's huge. But the fact is, is that right behind them are coming the Oakland Raiders, soon to become the Las Vegas Raiders, watching that stadium be built. And that's one of the things that I, that I do on a regular basis is keep up with these major construction projects that are 
undergoing right now. And right now we've got, uh, gosh, easily a dozen of them going on. But the, the big ones that, that stand out to me are the uh, Allegiant Stadium, uh, the Sphere, and this is probably as good a time as any to do my little disclaimer that the Las Vegas Review-Journal is owned by uh, Sheldon Allison's family. And so we always try to disclose that whenever we talk about something that is involved with the uh, Las Vegas Sands Corporation. And Las Vegas Sands Corporation is the site of the MSG Sphere at the Venetian, which is going to be a, an unbelievable performance venue when it gets built. Uh, also following the construction of the Convention Center addition at uh, the Las Vegas Convention Center. And then there are convention centers being built uh, in downtown Las Vegas attached to the World Market Center, as well as uh, Wynn Resorts has a new convention center. Uh, Caesars Entertainment has a new convention center. And, and what, just watching some of the things that are happening across the community with Resorts World Las Vegas and then Circa downtown. It's, it, it, as I said at the very beginning, there's never a dull moment. It's <laughs> great to, to be able to watch that. So, so those are some of the big stories that, uh, that I've been watching as far as 2019 is concerned. And the, the, the great thing about that is that they're going to extend into 2020. Kind of, kind of solidifies my, my job security, you know, because I know that, that these stories are going to extend beyond New Year's Day. So we'll, we'll see what happens in 2020. It sounds like the one thread that continues through all those stories you talked about is growth, that Las Vegas continues to grow. That is true. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we see it not just in the construction jobs, but the, the jobs that, that are going to be coming behind some of these projects when they actually open up. Uh, you know, th- those types of things need employees. People are moving here. Housing and development is, is either the first or second uh, busiest it's ever been which in, in the country, and that's exciting. So, you know, we're, we're seeing this on a, on a regular basis, and it's impressive to watch, and certainly the growth is there. We're, we're going to see it probably happen throughout, uh, throughout 2020 as well as all these new facilities start to open up. Well, let's take a break. My guest, Richard N. Rick Vallada, is assistant business editor of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, and he's covered business, the gaming industry, tourism, transportation, and aviation in Las Vegas for more than 25 years. For everything about Rick and his coverage, go to ReviewJournal.com, and you can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Vallada. We'll be right back. We'll be back with more Talk About Las Vegas with Ira in just a moment. Aviator One in a holding pattern until the return of baseball in 2020. Your Las Vegas Aviators AAA affiliate of the Oakland Athletics had an amazing inaugural season at the new Las Vegas ballpark. Great new food choices, a beautiful club level, bark on the berm dog nights, fireworks nights, and family fun nights. Don't miss a minute of the action when the Aviators return to the Las Vegas ballpark in 2020. Season tickets are on sale now at AviatorsLV.com. Now, let's get back to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Welcome back. I'm talking with Richard and Rick Vallada, 
assistant business editor of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He's covered business, the gaming industry, tourism, transportation, and aviation in Las Vegas for more than 25 years. For everything about Rick and his coverage, you can go to ReviewJournal.com and you can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Vellotta. That's V-E-L-O-T-T-A. And Rick, we were looking at 2019, and you mentioned slightly one or two of the stories going into 2020. From your perspective, what would be the biggest story, if there is one or maybe two, of 2020 for Las Vegas? Well, I I think for sure that one of the biggest things is going to be the opening of Allegiant Stadium. It's going to be quite quite an event, I think, when they they do that. Uh, I've talked to a lot of people who, you know, have questioned whether or not we need this stadium. Uh, They've questioned whether $750 million dollars of tax money that has gone to help finance the uh, the project was uh, indeed something that, that the government should have done. But the, the fact is, is that once this place opens, it's going to open up a lot of new opportunities for Las Vegas. And I think that we're going to start seeing that as, as early as January when Commissioner uh, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell starts to talk about um, to, to a Las Vegas audience at the preview Las Vegas at the Chamber of Commerce puts together on, a, on an annual basis. So we may hear some information there that would be exciting. But, you know, we're talking not just football. I, I mean, it's, a, it's being billed as a football stadium, but there's going to be all kinds of other events and activities that Las Vegas has never, ever had the opportunity to host before. We're talking about some of these big stadium concerts, you know, the U2s of the world and the Beyonce's of the world that, that need a stadium or a venue that large to, uh, to, to set the stage for a concert event. I'm seeing that, that Las Vegas is going to get to see some of these things on a regular basis once the, the doors of, of that stadium open. And the fact that it's indoors and it has the components available to make uh, it look like you're outside because of all the, the, the light, that's the natural light that's going to be coming into it, I, I think it itself it's going to be a, an amazing attraction for people to see. And the fact that We'll have the NFL playing there on Sundays, and we'll have uh, the UNLV Rebel football team in there on Saturdays. It just kind of adds to the, uh, the, the color. It's going to be something that uh, is really tremendous. Then these other, these other projects that are underway are, are also going to be exciting as well. So 2020 is going to be quite a year. I'm expecting that we're going to see some records in uh, tourism visitation fall in 2020. By, by certainly, we're going to see... Uh, convention traffic go up to a to a new level just because of the way the calendar falls there's some really interesting things that are happening in the convention calendar in las vegas and you're hearing it from these these companies all across the valley in terms of saying what their their anticipated tourism numbers and their visitation numbers for conventions is going to be like as a result of some of the things that are coming to town we've got Things that are coming to town that usually come once every three years, 2020 will be the year that they come in. There's another convention that comes in every four years, 2020 is the year they're coming in. So it's going to be tremendous just to see that, uh, that convention traffic light up and to see those numbers climb. Just a couple of the other articles that Rick has written, and again, if you go to the RJ website, Construction continues to raise roof at Allegiant Stadium, which you just talked about. Regulators let youths under 18 take part in charitable lotteries. And Tour offers a close look at Las Vegas Convention Center expansion. These are all 
in one day, October 24th, articles that Rick has written. That was some day. I don't want to repeat that. Yeah, I was about to, I was about to say, I don't remember ever reading three articles by you in one day, so this may have set the record. We, we call it a trifecta down here. <laughs> how do you put, and speaking of that, how do you, you're obviously a professional journalist, but how in the world can you juggle, put together basic information, quotes, put it in an order that people can understand and make sense of, and do it all in time for the next edition of the paper, and in this case, three different stories? Well, in, in a lot of these cases, you know, you, when you know that something is going to happen in advance and you kind of have an inkling, you can put together some background on the story well before it actually is written. And then once you have that written, you can just kind of piece it in together with some of the new information that you've received. We do that on a regular basis. We, we're pretty good anticipators, and because of some of the contacts we have, we'll often get a heads up that something is going to happen before it actually does happen. Some people are critical of the news media for that because, for, for example, we knew when, when Allegiant Stadium was going to be named, we knew that like a few days before, but we couldn't report that. And again, people may be critical of that because, you know, we're, we, we know the news and it should come out as soon as we know the news. But we also are business people and we have agreements that, and, and things called embargoes that we respect and observe. And so a lot of that stuff we try to do in advance. Then when there's breaking news, things that we don't expect, that we can just uh, kind of divert and move right into something. A lot of the stories that I do are, are generated by public meetings, and I try to go to as many of these public meetings as I can so that I can establish good contacts at those meetings and to be able to, uh, to write intelligently about, uh, about issues that come up. For example, you mentioned the, uh, the regulations that were approved recently by the Nevada Gaming Commission regarding uh, charitable gambling events, uh, that, that had kind of been on the calendar for, for several months as they were walking through all that. So I kind of had a good background on it before it even happened. And then it was just a matter of uh, finishing it off when, when the actual vote was taken to approve the regulation that was involved. You mentioned going to public hearings. When you go, and this is just a process question, which I always like to ask, and that is, are you just taking notes or are you recording what's going on so you have some backup? Because otherwise, you either have to know shorthand or you have to be incredibly fast in your handwriting. Uh, oftentimes, I, I will record some of those things. And, uh, and usually, the, um, the, uh, the public body itself does a recording of some of the things that they do. So I, I don't think that there's anything illegal or immoral about doing that. And, and certainly it's not something that I use for broadcast. I just use it as for my own personal notes. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'll record some of the uh, things that go on. Oftentimes after a meeting is over, I'll go up to the chair of whatever committee or board it happens to be and speak with them, and, and I'll record their voice as well so I can get the quotes exactly the way they say them. It just takes extra time if you get back to the newsroom and you have to play back the recording. As yeah, opposed to just and, looking at your notes. And, and we have a, we have a, a little uh, transcription program that we use that slows down the voices so you can type it in faster. Nice. Uh, it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that uh, technology has allowed us to be able to do our jobs better. 
You mentioned earlier the trifecta about the reporting of three stories. I just realized I was remiss. It's trifecta plus one because the fourth story was Southwest Airlines reports record $659 million earnings in third quarter by Richard N. Velata. So yeah. there's yeah, that, four that stories. A, that was a day that started for me at 5 a.m. and it ended, I think, at uh, 8 p.m. So Amazing. Uh, it, you know, there, there are going to be some days that are like that, but... You know, it, it comes with the territory. It's something that, that that we enjoy doing. I think my personal record for bylines in a day was six. Amazing. And that happened a couple of years ago. But, um, you know, it, again, it's it's something that that if you're in the business and you're excited about it and you like what you do and you, you love going to work every morning, that's stuff that you look forward to and it's fun. And you have an understanding family, which helps. Yeah, that, that does help. That does help a lot. I want to uh, talk about... my wife questions me about that, but, you know, <laughs> we, we, we work it out. <laughs> I want to bring up one, one uh, item that has been talked about for decades, because I've been in town a long time, and that is the train between Victorville and Los Angeles. Oh, I, I love that story. Yes. Will it ever come to fruition, or are we just going to hear stories about it for the next 10 years? Well, you know, I, I think a, a lot of people are really skeptical about it because you're right. That I think the first mention of any kind of a, of a train between Southern California and Southern Nevada, I think the first stories came out in the 70s about that with Maglev, but eventually that project has evolved and it seemed like, you know, pardon the pun, but it was never on track. You know, it was one of those things that we just, didn't, there, was, there was one thing or another that was problematic. Well, I, I think that what a lot of people didn't recognize is that the uh, company that, that started this up, it was Tony Marnell's company, who put together the uh, Express West concept, Victorville to Las Vegas, which a lot of people hate that idea too. But the fact is, is they did a lot, a lot of legwork, got a lot of the government permits in place, and then they just was, weren't able to, to finance it. But then, coming in right behind them is Virgin Trains USA, which is backed by Richard Branson. And that, to me, told me, well, there's some credibility here because, A, he's done trains in Great Britain, and, B, the company that, is actually, that he's actually behind is building a, a nice fast light rail or fast high-speed rail in Florida, and that project is actually already partially built. So it seems to me that these guys know what they're doing and they know how to go about doing it. They, they needed some financial backing in order to, to make it work, and they required, uh, I believe it's four bond sales to be approved. They've already got two of them done, and they've got a lot of support on the other two. So I think that for, for finally, we're, we're finally going to see some reality here. And the folks at Virgin Trains USA uh, are, are pretty committed and dedicated to getting this done. And just think, once that is in there, there's a whole new dynamic of uh, visitation to southern Nevada as a result of this train. And, and everybody's got to remember that Victorville is not the end of the, of the road. Eventually, it's going to be downtown Los Angeles. It's just that Victorville is the first step. So we'll see that part open first. Victorville to, to, to Las Vegas, and then eventually we'll see a connection between Victorville and Palmdale, which is about 50 miles west of Victorville, and then that's where the uh, California high-speed rail goes through to get to downtown L.A., 
and it would just connect right into that to, to that line. So I, I think there's some reality to this that's going to happen. Again, I, I understand why people are skeptical, but I think this is the real deal, and we're actually going to see some ground broken next year. Well, that's good news and a great way to leave it. My guest has been Richard N. Rick Vallada, assistant business editor of the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He's covered business, the gaming industry, tourism, transportation, and aviation in Las Vegas for more than 25 years. And for everything about Rick and his coverage, you can go to ReviewJournal.com and you can follow Rick on Twitter at Rick Vallada. That's V-E-L-O-T-T-A. And Rick, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me on, Eric. See you next time. You've been listening to Talk About Las Vegas with Ira. Each week, Ira David Sternberg talks with the celebrities, entertainers, writers, and personalities who make Las Vegas the most exciting city in the world. Las Vegas.